Japan makes me scared. A podcast to the chilling realm of Japanese horror stories. My name is Junpei, and I will invite you to the mysterious world of Kaiden, exploring spine-tingling experiences that have haunted Japan. Konbawa, minasan. Welcome back to another episode of Japan Makes Me Scared. I'm Junpei, your host, and I'm going to share various scary horror stories of Kaiden in this podcast. Today, we're reaching one of the milestones here. That is, this episode we mark the tenth in a row. I know some may think that 10 episodes is still a bit of a minuscule fraction compared to other podcasters, but as a lazy person who is a slow starter, I've got a feeling that being able to continue for 10 episodes is already a big confidence booster for me. So let me say thank you to all the listeners who have been patient with my poor English for 10 episodes so far, and I will continue to improve to deliver better content. So. I hope you will also continue to follow my growth. Anyway, today's story for this memorable time is a kind of true crime story from a Japanese monk. Let's move on to the storytelling part. Episode ten: The Monk Who Survived. This story is originally from Miki Dayun. He's a Buddhist monk from Kyoto, also known as Kaidan Osho, which means Kaidan monk in Japanese. This is a story from when he was younger, and in training to be a monk. So from here, I will use I as Miki Dayun himself for convenience. I was practicing at a certain temple in Saitama Prefecture in the Kanto region. I needed to train there for four years. What kind of training did I do? During those four years, I learned how to read sutras, how to make a mantra, and many other things. I had to wake up at 4:30 a.m. every morning. First of all. I had to cover myself with cold water and clean up, and if there were older trainees, I had to take care of them as well. And when it was time to have a bath, I had to wash the backs of my seniors. To be honest, it was very severe training. So being in this situation made me sometimes get mentally ill, even though it was athletic training. It was tough indeed. So when I felt really down, I used to go to a pet shop called African Kennel near the dormitory. I love dogs, 
and there was a big dog called an Alaska Malamute. I was allowed to go into their cages, and stroke their heads. Well, that was a bit of a break from my training. One day, I was also taking a break from my training and attaching a dog at the African Kennel. At that time, an instant camera was very popular, and I was taking photos of dogs with it as well. Then suddenly, I heard a voice yelling at me like, "Hey, don't take pictures without permission." I looked up. And so a middle-aged man, standing super angry next to the shop. When I was too embarrassed to say anything, he continued something like, "How much do you pay for taking one photo then?" I was completely deflated and immediately said, "Um, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I hand in this camera to you right now, so please forgive me." But unexpectedly, there was a time when the man's attitude changed. He asked me with a little excitement, like, "Oh, you speak Kyoto dialect? You know, Saitama, where I was doing my training, is close to Tokyo, so most people don't have any accent when they speak Japanese. But I was originally from Kyoto, where people usually speak in the Kyoto dialect." So I replied, trying to sound polite, like, "Yes, sir, I'm originally from Kyoto." So, you like dogs? Suddenly, I thought the man's way of speaking had changed, and he spoke in the Kyoto dialect as well. It felt so nostalgic, and I asked him, "And are you from the Kyoto region as well?" He replied. Oh yeah, I'm also from Kyoto. The initial bad atmosphere was completely gone. I ended up getting invited inside the house, and we we're getting to talk a little bit more. The man turned out to be the owner of African Kennel. He introduced himself as Ken. We can call him Mister Ken here. Anyway. It was good to hear the Kyoto dialect for the first time in a while. I'm training to be a monk nearby, so sometimes I come here to relax a little. I explained my situation to Mister Ken, and then he said, "Oh, I see. Training must be tough, isn't it? You know, you can come here any time." It was when we were talking in such a good mood. He then started to put some canned coffees on the table. He asked, "Do you want some coffee? You can have one if you like." I said, "Thank you, sir," and I was going to take one. But at the same time, I thought it was a bit strange. There were several canned coffees on the table, but they all looked the same from the same brand. I wondered if there was a difference between hot and cold, so I touched them all, 
but there was no difference in temperature either. That made me more confused. But I felt it would be rude not to accept his kindness, so I said, "Well, I take one then." After finishing the coffee, I thanked him and was about to leave. Then he said, "If you want, you can come here for like fifty minutes to talk to me sometimes, like every week. Just once a week should be enough." And while you're here, why don't you take the dog for a walk? Think of it as a part-time job, and I'll give you a hundred fifty thousand yen a month. What do you think about that? When I heard that first, I was like, "What?" Because in those days in Japan, if you work part-time for an hour, you might get like eight to nine dollars or less. But once a week, you come to the shop to talk to him, and walk the dog for fifteen minutes. Just for that, I would get a hundred fifty thousand yen, which is about thousand dollars. That was too good to be true. So I asked him again, like, "Are you serious, sir?" But he insisted. Yeah, it's fine. That's how much I like you. I was almost saying yes. However, I was worried that I couldn't decide on my own, as I was still in training. So in the end, I didn't give a non-sir on the spot, but went back to the dormitory and asked the supervisor. It was like a monk teacher, if he would give me permission to take the job. Guess what happened? My teacher was super angry about it. Temper training is supposed to be to renounce greed. What is the point of trying to make money out of greed like this? So I ended up writing an essay of reflection, which I read out loud later at night in front of my fellow trainees. The content was something like, "I was offered a part-time job at African Canal." And I was driven by greed and tried to earn money. I feel greatly sorry about what I did. So the next day, I went to African Canal again and apologized to Mister Gan. I said, "I'm sorry, sir. I asked my teacher about it, and he told me that I'm still in training and can't work part time." So I must decline your offer. He was actually cool about it, and did not seem angry at all. He was even sympathetic and saying, "Yeah, no problem. You still a monk, so it can be helped." Then, as if he didn't care about that, he started putting some canned coffees on the table again, and said, "Hey." Have a canned coffee today too. I had no reason to refuse, so. Oh, thank you again. I'll have one then. After that, we talked about various things in Kyoto dialect again, and finally I said, "Thanks for the talk. I'll be back soon, hopefully." 
and went back to my dormitory. But since then, I hadn't gone back to African Kennel for a while. You know, I even wrote the essay, which was obviously so embarrassing, but also helped me gain a sense of self-control. So I tried to kind of avoid being carried away by greed. In the meantime, the end of my training period in Saitama was approaching. When it was finally decided that this day was the last day, I wanted to say goodbye to Mr. Gen. Not going back there for months doesn't mean I didn't like him at all. He treated me well, and what is more, I really enjoyed talking with him in the Kyoto dialect. When I went to African Kennel that day, Mr. Gen saw me and asked, Hey you, long time no see. Are you finished with your training? I guess he saw my face and I'd assume what I was getting at. I said, yes, that's right. My training will be over soon and when it's over, I'm moving to Tokyo. So I came to say goodbye today. Well then, let's have a little more Kyoto talking with me for the last time. Saying that, Mr. Gen invited me into the house. As usual, he lined up canned coffees and I chose one to drink. When we had finished talking for a while, Mr. Gen suddenly asked me a question with a serious look on his face. Hey, do you seriously believe in the existence of God? You know, as a guy who trained at the temple, and in fact, I also have the ability to see supernatural stuff. I confidently said, Yes, I believe in God for sure. To this? Oh, I see. Well, that must be it, isn't it? Mr. Gen replied with like half smiling on his face. Honestly, I felt a bit uncomfortable with that response. But... Being a monk, I saw so many people who can't believe in God. So at that time, I simply thought, okay, he's just one of those guys. Then, Mr. Gen offered me a second kind of coffee, saying, well, we can talk about something else. Have another coffee then. On the two previous visits, he had never offered me a second kind of coffee after the first one. Anyway, I thought about taking it. But on that day, he got something to do and had to go back to the dormitory right afterwards. So I said, Thank you for your kindness, but I can't take it now. I have to go back to the dormitory. Mr. Gen tried it again, like, Man, don't hesitate. Just take one more. But I kept saying, I really appreciate that, but I'm really fine. After repeating this several times, 
Mr. Gan seemed to have given up. Finally, we parted with a light promise. Let's meet again in our hometown, Kyoto, next time. A few years later, I'd almost forgotten about those training days. And one day, when I turned on TV, I thought I saw a familiar face. And it was Mr. Gan from African Kennel. The news was about that he had been caught as a culprit in a case of serial murders. What kind of case was this serial murder case? As I've talked until now, this man ran a pet shop, African Kennel, but it was going wrong little by little. He was in a fix, so he swindled his customers out of their money and then killed them with a poison that was used to kill dogs. Then he cut split their bodies and dumped them in the river. Anyway, this is not the main part of the story this time, so I leave it here. Let's get back to the main story. So because he was the culprit in such a big case that disturbed the whole Japan, I was contacted by some of my old friends from my training at the time. Some of them remembered that I had tried to do a part-time job in African Kennel and had written a reflection essay and presented it in front of everyone. And we're talking about what this man would have done to me if I had taken that job. Well, it was scary in a way, but I didn't feel too bothered by it. That was because, first, I didn't work part-time in the end, and second, the culprit had already been caught. Another few years passed, and then someone contacted me. He told me that he was kind of a journalist, and that he had corresponded with Mr. Gen. By the way, Mr. Gen had already been sentenced to death because of serious murders, so he was on the wait list to die before the penalty was executed. But he had also developed cancer, which is a more serious condition, and he had only a few months to live. One day, Mr. Gen suddenly told that journalist, You know what? I've killed a lot of people in my life, then it might sound strange for you to hear this from me, but I actually believe that God exists. When the journalist heard that, he thought, Ah, as he is nearly dying, he might also be changing to desire for good. So he asked Mr. Gen if this was such a change in his feelings. However, Mr. Gen said, No, that is not the case. Then he continued to talk about why. When I used to live in Saitama, there was a monk who came to my African kennel. I showed him several kinds of poisoned coffee, and 
one can of the non-poison. I did it three times with him, and all three times, he chose a non-poison coffee. And even that time, after he chose the non-poison one, I offered him another can, which he refused. That can be by any chance, right? So I think it must be protected by God or something. After this confession, the journalist wanted to find out if it was true. So, when he was visiting temples in the area of Saitama, where African Kenya was located at the time, he found that essay of refraction I had written. He then contacted me through a friend of his who had been in contact with me. The journalist said to me, Remember how the guy killed the victim in the murder case? He poisoned to kill them and cut up the bodies and threw them away. Mr. Mickey, I think you were almost killed, but survived. Oh, Shimai, thank you very much for listening to the story. I like this story very much. One of the best combinations of true crime and Hitokawa, human scary kaidan story. So I hope you like it as much as I do. Let me share a bit of additional info here. Do you remember when Miki Dayun met Mr. Gen for the first time? And then... They go along because they share the same Kyoto dialect. Actually, it turned out that Mr. Gen is not from the Kyoto area at all. So, why did he lie about that? Some evidence suggests that this guy is kind of a master of manipulation in people's minds. So, he has cleverly used lies to trick people into taking money and ultimately killing them in the end. And also, usually, when some people try to imitate any dialect, other people actually from the area will notice, won't they? But Mickey Dayun confirmed that Mr. Genskill's dialect was so perfect that he didn't even doubt his origin. You can see his very cunning, psychopathic side here, right? By the way, there's a film called Coldfish, Sumetai ne Taigo in Japanese, which is based on this African canon murder case. Although some of the details are different in setting, there are quite a few similarities with the actual case, like the dialogue of corporate or the way the body treated. Plus, the film contains some extreme depictions, so it should be viewed with caution. But if you're interested, you can check it out as well. Anyway, do you have any theories on the stories as well? I created a Discord channel where you can analyze the story, make theories on it, and share it with other Kaidan lovers. 
I'm gonna leave the link in the description. So please join and enjoy the interaction if you would. This podcast, Japan Makes Me Scared, is available on almost all popular podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or Amazon Music. And also, if you push the follow button on the app of your choice, first of all, for me, it will be a huge support and motivation. And for you, you will not miss notifications for the release of future episodes. So please consider following my podcast as well. Alright, we're getting close to the end. So let me say one thing. Arigatou gozaimasu again for listening to my podcast, Japan Makes Me Scared. And Sayonara, or Mochi Van Frills next time. Bye!